previously on All Things Unexplained. Let's do it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go forward from here and do All Things Unexplained. So Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens, electric Big voice phenomenon. Yeah, my Plural. favorite. Oh. Yeah, my favorite question at night came. We didn't tell anybody this, but it came from CJ's parents <laughs> who wanted to know, can Bigfoot get COVID? And if so, is it decimating their population? So that was my favorite question of that particular night. And I'm glad you mentioned electronic voice phenomenon because, uh, Dale, back to your question about the spirit box. As far as I know, CJ or Smitty or myself have not communicated with aliens via spirit box, but we had a guest on our show who shocked us with what we considered a revelation. I think most people, when they hear about electronic voice phenomenon, they think of of ghost spirits ghost souls what have you well shout out to electronic voice pioneer gary arnold we had him on the show and he and we just asked him you know well who are these folks you're hearing on the evp recordings and he said they're aliens we know now that in the early years of the 20th century this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man. Did the CIA write Wind of Change by the Scorpions? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Loeb, what percentage chance do you give it that you have indeed uncovered extraterrestrial or non-human technology? Prior to your abduction, did you believe in UFOs? All things unexplained. So some of that I think, sir, will say for closed session. The following is from our guest appearance on the Calling All Beings podcast. Find them on YouTube or wherever you podcast at Calling All Beings. Why don't we, since uh, we haven't heard as much from Smitty, why don't we start with him and then we'll go clockwise, um, you know, around, around the table. Okay. I just wanted to, in the last few years, we see where the movies Conjuring have been really big. What is your opinion on Ed and Lorraine Warren? Are they the real deal? I mean, this is the only guy supposedly a, a demonologist that's recognized by the Catholic Church. Are they real, fake, or what's your opinion? So the, so the way this will work, because of the way we're set up at this moment, okay. is it'll go to Tim first, and then Matt, Nathan, myself, Deb, and, and CJ. So take it away, um, Tim. So Lorraine, I think, is the more interesting of the two. Nathan, if in you switch opinion. up, Matt's going to... Oh, no. What do I do? 
No, you didn't do anything. Go ahead. <laughs> it's still my turn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Well, I think Lorraine is the more interesting of the two to me. You know, she's inspired a lot of characters in a lot of movies, including one of my favorite movies, Poltergeist. And they say that Lorraine actually inspired, if you remember, there were two female paranormal investigators in that movie. One was the more serious, like, academic research paranormal investigator. And once she, and that represented one side of Lorraine, right? The, the, the side that took everybody serious and did legitimate scientific research on the paranormal activity. But in the movie Poltergeist, once she realized, oh, snap, there's a giant headed demon in the closet that just kidnapped, you know, Betty Ann or Betty Lou. What was her name? One of those. And, or Sue Ann. Sue, anyway. Carol Ann. Carol Ann. Carol Ann. She's like, I got to get some other help, too. And then she brought in the short, you know, exorcist lady. You know, I can't do her voice, but this house is clean. And she represented the other part of Lorraine's personality. But I got to tell you, and I'm going to reveal something here tonight about a connection to Lorraine. And, and she at one time got into some missing person cases. Right. And some were positive, some were not so positive. But I started doing a little research on a very famous missing person case from May 25th, 1999. Carl Landers, and y'all may be familiar with this story. I believe it's part of the missing 411 uh, caseload. Carl Landers, 1999, hiking on Mount Shasta with two other friends. And if you're familiar with Mount Shasta, there's basically no crevices. You know, nowhere to fall off, really nowhere to go. And Carl Landers was on the way up, and he never came back down. And they never found a body. And they launched a massive search for Carl Landers. Well, I, so I actually filed a FOIA request for the information they had in that case because it's, it's fascinating me right there. A story just cannot end like that. A man just cannot disappear off the face of the earth and and there be no explanation. So as I was digging through this foyer, crest, I was reading the local police notes, and they said that they had found a flyer for a psychic, a paranormal psychic investigator in their hotel room, right? And that the friends had actually requested the police at some point bring in whoever was on that flyer and I got to thinking this was 1999 and the only person I could think of that was really famous enough to be brought in on a case like that was Lorraine now I can't prove it and I don't know for sure if she was brought in on the Carl Landers case but I just thought you know we talked about something that binds all this stuff together. Another thing we discover with our show is synchronicity. And somehow everything just seems to have synchronicity out of nowhere. We're not even expecting it. We don't think it's even going to be there, but it is. So that's my interesting take on Lorraine. I think she's quite an interesting character, and I'm shocked to see where she comes up at. Uh, Matt? Yeah, that's a tough question. Uh, 
honestly, I think the Warrens did an incredible amount for the paranormal, uh, getting it kind of in the spotlight a bit, pulling it out of the shadows, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I think there was probably, like anything in related to any of these topics, there was probably a little bit of folklore surrounding them. I think there was probably some stuff that was based in facts and truth. And then I think a lot were just rumors and stories that kind of built them up bigger than what they actually were. I know that there's, uh, whenever it comes to that particular couple, you know, the, the opinions are extremely polarizing. You have people that are just devout believers and followers in them. And then you have people that think they were complete frauds. Uh, I've seen evidence over the years to support both sides of the argument. And I guess we'll never really know what the truth is. Uh, I did find one story pretty interesting about Lorraine. Uh, she was, I believe at some sort of paranormal convention or something. And somebody asked her about Bigfoot and she said that she didn't know anything about Bigfoot. She's never had any run-ins with Bigfoot or anything like that. And then the next day she came back and said that that night she had psychically communicated with a Bigfoot from her motel room and had this whole story about that conversation that took place telepathically with the Bigfoot. Uh, take that for what you will. But I will say this. Uh, I don't think no damn raggedy and all is haunted or going to kill anybody. That's just my opinion. But I wouldn't mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Money, Nathan. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. So I have to confess. I, I mean, I know a little bit about this, but I, I generally stay away from a lot of the haunting kinds of stories because I, I don't. I don't like them personally. Like they just kind of bother me. Um, not that I don't think that they are real. They just, it's like, I don't like watching scary movies, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I do know, and I don't know, some of you may know this, but uh, Dr. Dana, Diana Pasolka was a consultant on the conjuring. Um, so that's sort of an intersection between the UFO community a little bit there and the, uh, and the poltergeist paranormal community. And I think she was consulting on aspects of, um, Catholicism and uh, you know exorcism that kind of stuff um, and and clearly the Catholic Church at least these big parts of the Catholic Church take this very very seriously and have for a long long time um, so you know I do think there's something to it I also think kind of on the topic there of you know what you brought up Matt about Lorraine and you know being genuine or or, or fraudulent or you know the debate there I think uh, when you're when you're into this kind of world and you're into it long enough it's hard to be perfectly impartial right so uh there probably is a little bit of gray area there where real things happen and then also there's embe embellishment or that desire or wish fulfillment for things to happen where you kind of spin that yarn and, and it gets uh you know the tail just grows larger and larger over time um i actually heard um several interviews of of uh people who inhabited homes they're older now uh, that that Ed and Lorraine worked in uh, the current um, sort of, you know, exorcist in chief in America for the Catholic Church is a guy named Carlos Martins. Father Martins uh, is, is the guy when it when the the the, the crap really hits the fan. Uh, he's the guy that they call. 
Um, and one of the homes that was also in Connecticut, as is obviously the Conjuring House, um, it, it, there was a police, uh, police detectives were thrown against the wall. So there was some, some, some violent behavior with that poltergeist and the, 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 uh, uh, the owner of the home, she said, uh, she was there with her children said that, uh, Ed and Lorraine were, were able to handle that. And that wasn't the only interview like that, that I've heard. I've heard more sort of negative things about their son who just did something with Netflix last year called 28 days haunted. I think where they sent teams of two, uh, excuse me, uh, they, they were teams of two to four, I believe, into homes in different areas of the country. One of them was North Carolina. It was a country store, I believe. And the idea was that in 28 days, they should be able to get an evil spirit to leave that place. Um, so I don't know about the sun, but I, th in my mind, there's some significant evidence, not the, the least of which is uh, the Amityville Horror House, which uh, I've actually seen that one up close. Um, I'm trying to remember George, George Lutz, uh, was the, the father there. And, uh, a lot of people did not want to go in that house after entering once, uh, after Ronnie DeFeo, uh, committed those murders there. So I, I believe there is some truth to it. And I think like Nathan said, there may also be some embellishment beyond that, but I've heard enough witnesses that say, uh, Ed, Lorraine and Ed, who are obviously devout Catholics. I think everybody knows that came in my house and they were able to help us uh, rid, uh, rid, rid the home of the spirit or, or dull uh, the, the, the anger. I'm, I don't remember. It's been um, probably about two years since I've seen any of those documentary documentaries, but there are several people that speak on their behalf, not the least of which were uh, officials in the Catholic church. So I think there is some truth to it and there probably is a little embellishment as well. Debsey. I, I have to admit, I have not seen The Conjuring, um, but I have seen Lore on Prime, and it, it really freaked me out. And there is an episode on there about dolls, and it gets into possibly a psychological element to people's response to dolls. So the, the mention of Raggedy Ann, I was like, you might want to check that out. It's just a really interesting theory. Um, but I guess my my thought is... You know, if anyone is coming forward and just throwing the whole kitchen sink into their story, like the, the whole kitchen, the whole house, you know, the whole city, and they, they keep embellishing, then I immediately, like, I have my guard up. But I feel like the community itself is generally the best at policing that. Like, we can tell, you know, we've seen enough of what it really looks like when it's authentic. So that's my two cents on that. CJ. Well, I'm I'm with Nathan here. I hate all things scary. I don't watch scary movies. I mean, even some Disney movies are too <laughs> scary for me, to be honest. Like, I see my, kids the same way. my kids are This is one of my warm-up exercises. It's called things. a come at me, yo. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. So I haven't seen any of these things, nor have I really heard of these people, to be honest. I tried to do a little research today. But I will say that in doing our show. We did a whole series on ghost stories, right? We had people tell us their ghost stories, true people, our friends, people that we know. And I cannot believe how many people that I know have had these experiences, either with loved ones that have passed away or with the house that is haunted. Or I saw that Tim wrote in the chat, never build a neighborhood over a burial ground. My in-laws <laughs> former home in Rancho Bernardo was built over a burial ground of Native Americans and their house was 
haunted. And we've heard so many things. So I truly believe that there are these things happening out there so much so that I went back to California recently to visit family and my grandfather had recently passed away and I was staying in the home where he passed away and I, I could not sleep. I, you know, Not that I thought anything bad would happen. In fact, if his spirit came back to visit me, I'm sure it would have been pleasant and lovely, but I was just so shaken by all of these stories. So I am certain something was happening that they were involved in and um, yeah, possibly some embellishing going on, but fun to uh, hear the stories. That's for sure. No doubt, no doubt. It's uh, it, it, it they are very interesting topics, and that's why I think we're all doing these podcasts about it. Can't wait to do more paranormal. But uh, please, uh, Doctor Mounts, go ahead with your topic, sir. All right, my topic it kind of involves Lou Elizondo, and he's in the news a lot lately. He kind of got the ball rolling on what I would call this latest wave of UFO UAP disclosure, right? And, uh, of course, former, formerly involved with ATIP, I believe. And he kind of, you know, released some UAP UFO videos. And we associate Lou with these military videos. And that firm connection there, scientific, kind of impeachable, evidence for ufos and uaps right but i was listening to this one particular lou elizondo interview and this is a great i'm glad smitty went before me because actually the lorraine story and and the conjuring believe it or not y'all segues perfectly into this lou elizondo clip if we can cue that up the dr mount's topic clip That we're we're certainly uh, against this this effort, uh, and and only because of again their their philosophical belief system. I had nothing to do. In fact, I, I had one. I remember the conversation very well. Um, this is a person I respected tremendously, very very senior person. He's told me he said, Lou, I want you to stop stop doing this. I said, okay, sir, I I certainly can, but may I ask why? And he says, well, we already know what it is. Now, at that moment, I, I honestly thought maybe it was our own technology. You know, I was running up against some super uber secret sap and, uh, you know, they were telling me to stop. And I said, OK, sir. So so it's ours. And he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. And he said uh, he asked me point blank, have you read your Bible lately? And I wasn't quite sure where he was going with that. And I said, well, sir, I, 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 I think I know what it says. What, where are you going with this? And he said, well, then you would know that these things are, are demonic and we should not be pursuing them. Yeah. And uh, I, I, he, was, he wasn't kidding. He was, that's exactly how, how he felt. So this is a Pentagon. And, this is a DO, Department of Defense official uh, saying, stop looking at UFOs because they're demonic. Correct. Oh, there's the guy that called me and tried to get me to dish dirt on Lou Elizondo. What a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, get lost. After talking to Nathan, but yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That shocked me, y'all. So uh, aliens or UFOs are demonic. What's y'all's take? Okay, so I, I wrote down the order to make sure I got this right. So you guys check me. We got uh, a couple, three, four educators here. So Smitty 
Tim, Nathan, Debs, DJ, CJ. Does that sound right? Okay. Uh, it's, Matt have, goes after Tim. Yeah, I have Matt next. Yep. Ah, okay. So Matt after. Okay, then Matt. Thank you. Got Bigfoot sitting right there. Get get rolled up in my face. Okay. Uh, if you would, sir, please. Yeah, uh, that's actually something that I was thinking about just earlier in this conversation. Um, it's also something that has worked its way into the Bigfoot world. Uh, it's always yeah. been present in the paranormal world. You know, uh, biblically, the Bible frowns upon ghosts and spirits and says, you know, hey, don't try to communicate with those things. They're demons trying to fool you. There's no such thing as a ghost. Uh, most recently in the Bigfoot world, you see a lot of people starting to go that direction. There's a very popular podcast out there that I won't mention that kind of plays off that whole thing. Excuse me. And, uh, then the dog man, uh, stuff is really popular now. It's certainly gaining momentum and there's a lot of people that, you know, bring up demonic talk with the dog man. Uh, whenever it comes to that, trying to sort of blanket things, I've started going away from that. Uh, so could some of this alien stuff that people are classifying as aliens be demonic in my own personal beliefs and opinion? Yes. Does that mean all of them are? No, absolutely not. Also, I would say that somebody, whoever he was speaking about that is involved high up in the government, could also be a devout Christian, Catholic, whatever. And that's just their personal belief about these things and not necessarily the position of the United States government or exactly what they've found out so far about these entities and craft and whatnot, who have you, you know, the phenomenon, as I believe it's called. Uh, so I think it, it's not something that can be summed up with just a, a yes or a no. Uh, it's a maybe in some cases, maybe not in others. And, and and I can tell you, it's definitely not the position of the U.S. government. I think it's that that person, and there are several persons. Uh, I think Debs can tell us that group, but that that, that were grounded, uh, that looked at it through a religious lens. Um, but uh, and I can't wait. Since Nathan went to seminary, I can't wait to hear his answer on this. So go ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could probably talk an hour about this kind of stuff. Uh, we. You know, in the West, we live with the legacy of Christendom, right? Like it's just kind of in our DNA, even if we didn't go to church when we grew up, although many of us on the show probably did. Uh, you know, it's in our literature. It's uh, it's in our movies. It, it permeates so many facets of our culture and, and ways that we're both cognizant of and, and, and unconscious toward. And I think for those that, you know, latch on to dark things and or think about you know dark forces uh what you know sort of approximation do they have in their memory bank or their or a cultural memory bank that they can draw from to to kind of associate those dark forces or unknown forces for that matter unexplained things uh they're gonna they're gonna associate them with with demons um you know and we have a legacy of course too of just uh this from the medieval times and and, and onward just kind of blowing up demons uh you know from the bible in a way that really they aren't even present in the bible that much um it's not that they're not there but we've we've kind of uh magnified their uh you know presence in that in that story 
and uh, and and why 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 not? Right? They make for great stories. They uh, you know we like to tell good stories around the campfire. We like to scare, like to be scared, uh, and to feel a little bit of fear and overcome that fear. These are things that, that we enjoy, and so you know it makes sense that they be part of that. Um, now, all that said, um, I think this speaks to uh, frameworks, right? So it, it's just frameworks where you fit this kind of uh, experience. You know, how does it fit into your worldview? And uh, you know, for some, it's angels and demons because uh, that may be the worldview that they really hold closely. For others, it's more of a scientific worldview, and, and that's why the extraterrestrial hypothesis has so much merit. You know that in the 20th century, we we left the the surface of the Earth and started sending satellites and humans out into space, and and so then why wouldn't it be that other civilizations would do the same thing if they had more capability than we do? So there, that, thus we have ETs. Um, and so really, it, you know, it's almost like a Rorschach test in many ways, the, the UFO phenomena, when someone tells you what they think it is, it's telling you a lot about the worldview that they hold them. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more about them than whatever it is. And, and then look, that, that's the best we can do, right? We're all going to kind of throw, uh, our own frameworks at this and try to make sense of it. Um, but, but, you know, for me personally, I don't, I don't really put a lot of stock in the angels and demons, uh, you know, kind of di dichotomy or, um, I, I think it's a lot more complex than that. And I want to say that, uh, is it, oh, yeah, do I go you, or is it Deb? Like, okay. And, and so Dr. Pasolka actually says that, um, you know, obviously you guys know that, that she's a, a Catholic theologian, both a practicing Catholic and a, uh, Catholic academic. And she says that it's possible that the the descriptions of of angels could you know back then could very much be what people describe greys as, um, and unfortunately I'm not going to be able to offer anything more than what Nathan did because I do think that it's very much a lens issue. It says about how we see the world and the formative experiences that we grew up with more so than uh, necessarily what it is or isn't. Um, I I'm not sure who's even qualified to say that at this point. Uh, there are people, obviously, we believe that have had contact uh, with them, but it's it's uh, we we even ascribe human values uh, and thought processes to them that they may not hold at all. But that's our limitation of us, right? That's how we. That's the only way we can look at the world is through our own lens as human so we ascribe certain some of those things so we have to even try to like be like okay i think that they may react like this but they may not be thinking that way at all that that may not be how they they view uh, the universe or or what their interactions with us are, are mean and, and the purposes behind them so so unfortunately but yeah i really can't add to what nathan said i i, I have to agree with that uh debs ma'am yeah, so there's a couple things that I was thinking when I heard that. One, um, the group that was um, considered to be this religious group trying to stop disclosure and everything is the Collins elite. Um, Thank you. <laughs> right, yep. and and there's like this mystery given to the government, like they're like we for some reason think they're superhuman or something, but they're just people, just like us. All of us could be working for the, you know, in the government at some point, you know. Like there's so many different jobs, they're pretty much like a civilian job, just better paid. Um, so <laughs> I think that you know people just give more credence when you hear it, someone in the government with a belief, but you know they're just 
people like us, you know, they're just going to have their own opinions, their own views of the world. And what's more validating to say a Christian faith than to say this thing they don't understand has to be a demon, right? That's going to validate their belief in angels and gods and so on. So that's my two cents on that. And Miss CJ, what is up, homegirl? Yeah, you know, you guys all put it really beautifully. I do think that it has to do with each individual and how they view it. I experience that every day just with my own friends and trying to walk around these conversations in terms of what are people open to hearing and not hearing because I have had such an awakening in my life in the past few years, mostly from the individuals that we have interviewed on this show. So I can really only speak to those experiences that have been shared with me. We've had several people on our show that have been abductees in one way or another, including the very famous Travis Walton. But there have been others who have shared their stories with us too. And in most of those incidences, they have not felt threatened. They have not felt scared. They have felt like they were being helped. They have felt like they somehow benefited from the experience. Um, so could that be demons just playing tricks? Sure. I mean, absolutely, of course. Or could it be a higher intelligence that we don't yet understand? Yes, I believe that's true too. There were a few stories that the person was terrified, that the person did feel like they were in some way violated. Um, certainly our electric voice phenomenon guy, he said that they were, he did mention that they, some of them were demons. Uh, that some, they were aliens, but some of them were demons, that some of them were really bad, really bad individuals. So I, I'm on the fence. I don't know one way or the other. I can't say if they're good, bad, or, or otherwise. But I do believe that the universe also reacts to people differently based on each individual's ability to understand, accept, or believe what else is out there. In fact, when we interviewed the people from Skinwalker Ranch, Eric Bard, the lead investigator, said several times, the ranch reacts to different people differently. differently based on who they are. And we had the people from Beyond Skinwalker Ranch on our show, and they said the same thing, that they went to several different locations and the phenomenon that they were experiencing was latching on to different people, cast, crew, otherwise differently, that they had a few hitchhikers, in fact, um, with camera crew and things like that. So I just think it believes, you know, it depends on who you are, what you believe is how you're going to see it. Also, before we we turn to Smitty, I just want to say in support of you, CJ, is that don't don't uh, feel encumbered by uh, your your mom colleagues and playdate moms and stuff. Because if you were to go back the length of time of like a car note, like forty eight months, and said that we'd be having hearings on you, and there'd be senators from southern states and a bipartisan efforts to talk about and bring bring forth uh, information on UAPs or David Grush people would have laughed you out of the room. And a lot of people now are not laughing about this. Um, so, you know, you're right. you're on the forefront. You're, you know, they're going to have to catch up, but you already know what's going on. So I just Well, to be fair, 48 months ago, I would have been one of those people laughing you out of right. the room. I right. mean, it was not in the forefront of my mind. Validation, baby. We've been validated. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are other, I mean, when I heard Bob Lazar's story and different aspects of his story, I believed him. Uh, and I also trusted George Knapp did his diligence on it, but uh, we'll we'll get with that later. I gotta gotta get my man Smitty in there. Go ahead, my friend. 
well, being a, a theologian also myself, and, you know, you, you're talking about, and Nathan may agree or disagree with me, but everything that's ever mentioned that I'm aware of in the Bible that has been an aerial phenomenon, blind chariot, whirlwind, scroll, any of those things had absolutely nothing to do with demonic forces. They were, they were God-based, not demonic-based. So my opinion, I believe aliens are aliens if, you know, and that uh, they have really nothing to do with religion or spirituality. If they do truly exist, then they are a creature and a being like we are. That's, that's what I believe because I said there's no, there's no correlation that's ever been mentioned and that I'm aware of in theology. I'll tell you what is interesting, though. I don't know if you know this, but in the journal of John Winthrop uh, from the Massachusetts colony, they actually mentioned one of the first sightings of a UFO, and that was in the 1600s. That's pretty neat. But, uh, and and Columbus tonight. also, candles going in the water, you know, you yep. talked about. Yep. What do you so. think about that, Nathan? You think that, yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, we... we uh, What's what's the painter um, Dante's Inferno, right? Uh, right. You know that where where he kind of character caricaturized uh, the angels and demons and the, the entire sort of underworld, uh, embellished these characters from the Bible who who have you know kind of bit parts, but you know adding the the horns and the you know the forked tongue and the tail and the you know all these different you know images that are uh animalistic uh reptilian in many cases you know dragons were also really popular and associated with demons uh you know this is uh i think kind of spun out of uh from the original context of these stories and of course just reminding folks who, who may not be as familiar the bible wasn't written at one time uh it was written over many many years and, and many different uh cultures and and communities of faith and, and belief, and they applied their own way of understanding to what they were writing. And so uh, to, to kind of look at all of that from a, a one-dimensional aspect and say, you know, there's there's a singular uh, kind of common thread here, I think is a little bit of a jump. Um, not to say that people don't believe that. A lot of people do. But uh, I think it's, uh, it's stretching it a little bit beyond the parameters of really what is actually there. And again, just coming back to the framework, right? It's, it's when you look at this and, and you, you hear something that sounds like it's against humanity or, or more powerful than humanity, uh, you know, there are really only two forces, right? There, there's God, which is in, in the Western Christian Christendom, God is on the side of humanity, basically, uh, more or less. And then there's anti-God, which is the, this host of demons with Satan and Lucifer. And so, uh, you know, aliens sound a lot like the Satan Lucifer crowd, not the uh, singular, you know, monotheistic God image that most people have when they think about those things. And and, and your fellow, I, I'm sorry, I was going to mention North Carolinian Chris Bledsoe has gone through this crisis with it, but I'm sorry, go ahead, Nathan. No, I, I'm done. I think it was. Oh, uh, I, I was just oh. going to say, I, I, I was going to throw a final thought from myself out on this topic. And there's a Bible verse from the Old Testament that's quite honing when you relate it to the modern UAP phenomenon. This is Zechariah 5, 
verse 1 through 4. I looked again, and there before me was a flying scroll, which, by the way, sounds a lot like a tic-tac shape to me. He asked me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a flying scroll 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. That's translated from cubits. And he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over the whole land. I will send it out. It will destroy it completely, both its timbers and its stones. And I I just think, think about that. It's a little bit haunting to me. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I just want to say, I get the cabbies on this, but really enjoying this conversation with you guys, man. Awesome. This is just, this is just awesome, man. This is just everything I hoped it was going to be. And I'm already thinking about part two. So we haven't <laughs> got through part one yet. So. Hey, we're, we're <laughs> happy to be here. Thank you. I want to uh, hit a topic that uh, I, I wrestle with a lot, and I think you guys probably have as well. Uh, and it is related to UFOs. That's you know kind of more my wheelhouse. But we have a legacy of, geez, I guess at, at least seventy years, seventy plus years of of stories, uh, you know, about, about this topic. And of course, there are stories that predate that. You mentioned one a minute ago. Uh, but with the U.S. government's involvement with the topic, we have a, a legacy of, uh, I think many would argue, obfuscation, uh, disinformation, uh, you know, shadowy behavior. And uh, we're entering into an age, and, and this morning the press conference with uh, uh, Representative Burchett is a good example of this, where we have uh, at least elements within the government who are trying to uh, pry the secrets out of you know, out of these dark places, but I think many in the community wrestle with because we've we've been gaslit for so long. You know what is the actual truth here? What is the kernel of truth in all of the, this story? And I think most people in the modern world would argue that they they understand governments uh, tell a story. Right? Most adults understand that, that that governments are telling them a story. And it's not the complete picture. And, and as parents, we do this, right? We, we tell our kids stories. We don't tell them every single detail that they need to know. We tell them what, what we think they need to know when at the age that they are at and where they are at in their own development, what we think is going to help them grow. Uh, of course, that doesn't always work, right? Sometimes they see through that story. <laughs> exactly. They call our BS. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I know that's a long preamble, but I'm just really struggling here with when we have representatives from these agencies, we have uh, folks who are trying to get the, the information out. You know, how do you apply discernment uh, with this legacy of dis- disinformation from the same kind of government? And, and obviously, we all recognize that the government is not a, a monolithic institution. It's made up of individuals. But how do you approach th- this topic of disinformation? To be continued. Thanks. Like. Share. Follow. All things unexplained.
swag, and much more at linktree.com slash A-T-U podcast. Bigfoot U-F-O dot com. So some of that, I think, sir, will save for closed session.